Dead and Fizzy is a podcast hosted by Megan and Brandy. We are two moms who are sharing our experiences and realistic advice on healthy motherhood. Enjoying humor and a cocktail along the way. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to episode four of Fit and Fizzy. We have a very special guest today. Brandy, do you want to do the honor of introducing her? Yes, I'm so excited. We have our bestie for the resty, Miss Britt Mollett with us today, y'all. I'm so excited to introduce y'all to her. You are going to love her as much as we love her. So four years ago, the three of us met uh, for the very first time, and we were sitting in this room, and all three of us just instantly clicked. We have been such good friends since we have not gone probably more than a day or two without talking to one another in four years. Britt is so much fun, so much energy, and I'm excited for y'all to get to know her today. And because we love Britt so much, she's our very first guest. Uh, We cannot thank her enough for coming on. We are doing this on a Friday, and last night, Britt went to a concert. So, Britt, where are you? Tell us how you're feeling. You guys, I am so excited to be here right now. It doesn't matter how tired I am. When I was invited to be on your podcast, I immediately said absolutely yes. And I have goosebumps right now because I'm just so excited for you gals. And to invite me as your first guest is really, really special. But I'm a little dragging. I'm not going to lie because I was at a concert last night, very last minute, (laughs) impromptu thing. I did find a friend to go with me about 60 minutes prior to the show. But fun fact about me, um, I actually have been known to go to a concert by myself, the incredible Shania Twain. I went there solo, one ticket, walked my butt (laughs) in the door, had the best time ever. And history may repeat itself again. I don't know. I love that about you, Britt. You are so much fun and just so confident. Um, I will eat a meal by myself. I don't know that I could go to a concert by myself, but I know that I would probably make friends with whoever was around me. And I'm sure that's exactly what you do because everybody falls in love with you immediately. And our listeners are going to do the same. Talk to me. How do you have the confidence to walk into a room and do that? Well, let's just say that prior to maybe even four years ago, you couldn't pay me to go to a concert by myself out to eat by myself. You could barely pay me to go with my husband to a concert because there was zero confidence, zero self-esteem. But thankfully, all that changed within the past four years. And now I look forward to those meals alone. I look forward to going into the place that might be a little scary, but I don't care because I feel so good in my own skin. And I just feel so in control now of, I guess, my life. Um, But it empowers me. I, I honestly feel empowered when I'm going into these things even if it's solo. I love that. What uh, I want to talk more about like where that empowerment came from and where that confidence came from. I want to hear more about you though. Can you tell our listeners like what a little badass you are? That's what I want to hear. (laughs) Tell us all about Brit Mullet. Oh my gosh. You guys always know Brandy and Megan are the best hype girls of all time. And I hope I hope your listeners feel that as well, truly, because you guys are just hype for life. Um, But a little bit about me. So I am, I live in South Dakota. Yes, that is where the accent is from. I don't apologize. Um, I am married. I have three sweet babies. 
I am a physician assistant by day for a breast cancer surgeon, and I am also in the health industry by night. Just finished building our dream home and still wanting to maintain my social life. So it's a lot going on, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Britt, when I think about you, I do like I, you know, on the especially like the weeks that I'm so busy and I'm like com- not complaining, but you know how we get. We're like, oh my goodness, we have so much going on. Um, and then our text group goes off, and it's Britt, and I'm quickly reminded that Britt does it all. Literally two full time jobs. She has. Three kiddos. So she has one more kid than I do. <laughs> also building and a, me. <laughs> a, an amazing house, decorating a house, doing all of these things. And then I'm quickly reminded, I'm like, oh, yep, you're good, Megan. Like, chill out. If Britt can do this, you can do this. And on top of that, Megan, like, yeah, she's doing all of those things. But then she has time to go look like a hottie at a concert on a Thursday night and then get up and like slay the day the next day. Like, yeah, I'm in bed by 930. <laughs> if I'm not getting my eight hours, then y'all better watch out the next day. Um, I want to hear a little bit about your personal story. So you have gone through, you know, you talked a little bit alluded to the last four years. So I want to hear a little bit about your story. Can you tell us what life was like for you four years ago? Absolutely. Um, So four years ago, my life looked very different than what it did now. Um, It started honestly back as far as I can remember um, growing up in a household where the kiddos were kind of at home alone because my mom was working her tail off to provide for us. And um, food kind of became quick and easy. And it was cereal. It was microwavable dinners, um, more cereal. And then, of course, we had like the staples, the hot dishes and the casseroles. If it had cream of something in it, you best best believe I was eating that at least five days a week Um, and kind of navigated it through high school was fine. Didn't feel like really guilty about it. Didn't really physically feel bad from it. And then I went to college and a lot of stuff changed. Um, The stress of college, the emotion of college, which um, at the time, you know, I met my husband when I was in college and of course, just that alone like we were just madly in love. And what do people do when they're madly in love? You go out to eat and like you're eating the pasta. You're not eating the chicken breast with your side of broccoli. Okay. I also started a brand new job, um, my dream PA job. And needless to say, the quickness and the convenience of the food that I was grown up on, it had really caught up to me. Um, And the fact that I was kind of turning to food for every single emotion that I was dealing with, like at that particular time in my life, not even realizing I wasn't familiar with emotional eating or even binge eating. Then were you guys familiar with that growing up? Like those terminologies, I just, I didn't even know that's what I was doing. So I can tell you that I didn't realize that we were emotionally eating, but now looking back, like we grew up in the South, right? Like in the South, you eat when you're happy, you eat when you are sad, you eat when you are celebrating, you eat when you are mourning. And having that emotional tie with food definitely is an emotional thing. Um, But I don't think that I was recognizing that that was emotional eating growing up. What about you, Megan? Exactly the same as you, Brandy. From the South, you know, casseroles for everything. And I remember at night, like my mom would cook 
three or four different sides, but that was her love language was cooking for others. Mm -hmm. Um, It still is her love language. Um, So that's how she was showing us that she loved us and cared for us was cooking those large meals every night. So yeah, totally relate. Britt, I want you to tell us even more about yourself specifically. Let's chat about emotional eating. Uh, Throughout this past year, Britt has began to share more about emotional eating, specifically binge eating over on her Instagram. Britt is an amazing follow, so be sure to check out her Instagram. Um, The handle will be in our show notes. But Britt, can you tell us more about your story with emotional eating? Unfortunately, I will never forget the day that I realized this is this is not right. This is not a normal behavior of what I was doing. Um, I was coming home from the hospital again, freshly married, coming home from the hospital, and I believe I had a really good day. And at that time, again, I was using food to cope with every emotion, including the good days. And I had eaten lunch at the hospital, and then I got off a little bit early that day, so it was maybe three or four o'clock in the afternoon. And I swung through my very favorite fast food Midwest restaurant of all time, Taco John's. If you know, you know. And I went and got a large combo meal from Taco John's and I ate it in the car on my drive home, which is about 15 minutes. I'm from South Dakota. Everywhere is 15 minutes. And knowing that I was going to be eating with my husband that night because we had dinner plans like right after work. But I just, I felt this need into me to celebrate the fact that I had a good day. I got this combo meal. And once it was done, I was eating, finish it in my house. Once it was done, I heard my husband's like car door and he got home early. And I was so embarrassed that I had just eaten that meal, knowing that I was still full, going to eat the next actual supper, that I ran upstairs to our bedroom, hid the bag in our closet So he could not find it in our garbage. Wow, Brett, that is such a defining moment for you. How did that make you feel? The biggest word is embarrassment. I was mortified. He didn't find the bag. I, I don't know if Kyle knows that story to this day, honestly, because it is so embarrassing. I felt incredible guilt that I felt like I couldn't control it. And that that was the one day that I remember. But Brandy and Megan, it spiraled so quickly into all I did was think about food. When was my next meal going to be? How much could I eat? What if I never ate this meal again, knowing very well that I could have it the next, the next meal or the next day. Um, And that all stems from a lot of mindset things from my past, but it quickly spiraled out of control to the fact of emotional eating, unfortunately turned into binge eating for many years of my life. Okay, I think it's important for us to discuss how we actually define emotional eating. So like for me with emotional eating, and again, I didn't realize that this was something that was ingrained in me from an early age. But again, it's tying that emotion and trying to fill a void, whether it's being sad or lonely or whatever it might be, trying to get some control of a situation through eating. And the thing is, is like I didn't recognize that by giving up control and putting something quickly in my mouth, I was actually losing control in the situation to begin with. 
it's something that, you know, I don't struggle with um, as badly now, but I definitely can look back and see those patterns, but really struggling in a moment where I felt out of control to find control by eating something, but it was a never ending out of control spiral. Britt, tell me a little bit about you. Like, how do you personally define emotional eating? For me, emotional eating is a response. It's a response to your daily life, or we could also call them triggers, if you will. It's a response to joy, to sad, to grief, to stress. Emotional eating is also eating when you're not hungry. It is a coping mechanism. A big thing for emotional eating for me is the guilt that you feel after it. Like I truly associate emotional eating with guilt instead of contentment and joy and knowing that this food that I just ate gave me a lot of energy so I can go play with my kids for the day. Totally makes sense. What about you, Megan? How do you, you know, think about emotional eating? I like that Britt mentioned how she feels afterwards, uh, because I think a lot about, I think about that as well. Um, we want to eat to be strong. We want to eat to feel good. And if we are eating until we feel, I mean, I hate to say it, but you feel disgusting after, you know, you, you eat like crap and you binge. Um, and if we don't want to feel that way, then we've got to choose differently. And Britt, I want to ask you how you are changing the, the dynamic now, like for your family as well. Um, like what are you doing differently or, you know, is there a way that you talk to your kiddos about, you know, we celebrate, we're happy, we're sad. We usually relate that with food? Like, what are we doing differently now? What I'm trying to instill in my family and especially my kids is that food is not punishment. Food, we eat food when we are hungry. We eat food to ensure that it keeps our muscles so strong, that it keeps us so energized that when we wake up, we want to brush our teeth, get out that door so we can go play with our friends. Do we go and have ice cream if Beckett got a great grade? Absolutely. And just really trying to show them too that no food is off limits. Um, because that's something that I do think really, really triggered my emotional and binge eating growing up is that so many foods were off limits for my mom from, from seeing her do chronic diets her entire life. And so I'm trying to show my kids that, yeah, there's going to be some nights that we're going to have chicken and rice and probably not broccoli because. It's just not going to happen in our household, <laughs> but um, there's also going to be nights <laughs> that we're going to have Taco John still without guilt. My kids love Taco John's um, and there's going to be nights that we're going to have pizza and mommy's not going to be sitting there and not eating it because of my past. Um, in fact, it gives me a sense of empowerment and control now knowing that I have control over what I'm eating and how it makes me feel. Mm. I love that, Britt. So in our family, one of my girls struggles a little bit with anxiety. There's a lot of big emotions that happen in our house, quite frankly. And I'm talking about myself too. I've got a lot of big emotions. Y'all know me. I'm a little dramatic in some ways. Um, and I think that one thing that we've really been focused on in our family, specifically this year, is like really trying to take some of the stressors in our life and, and find different ways that don't involve food. 
to be able to relieve some of those things. Um, I know this sounds crazy, but at the end of the day, we've started journaling as a family after dinner. Like we just take five minutes and like we write things down. Um, that's really helped us to kind of process some of our emotions so that we don't end up back in the kitchen at the end of the day. Um, and then as a family, my girls are working out with us. We moved our gym home so that we they could see us take out some of our excess energy um, in the gym. And we go for walks a lot of times. I was, le- I was listening to Mel Robbins the other day, and she was talking about when you are trying to change a behavior, it's not necessarily about removing that behavior, but adding something else to it. And so when you're solely focused on removing something, it can be a trigger itself. But adding something else to it, like journaling or going for a walk, changing those habits can really be beneficial when you're looking at big changes that you need to make, like an emotional eating. Uh, Megan, I want to hear from you. Like, how do you change the narrative? Because again, we grew up in the South, food revolves around everything. So how is that different for your family now? So for my family at this point in our lives, my boys are into sports and we are looking at food as a way to build strength, um, to have energy, to run around the bases. Um, And, you know, when we want to have, we definitely have treats, but when we need to reel it back in a little bit, I'm able to say, you know what? We had ice cream to celebrate last night. So maybe next week we do that again, same day, same place. But right now we are going to, you know, have our protein. Oh my goodness. We talk about protein all the time. We're going to have our protein. We're going to be strong. And then, like I said, next week, same place, same time we celebrate with ice cream. You do good next week. You know, that type of thing. I love that. So Brett, tell me, what do you feel like was like this big trigger for you? I definitely think the biggest trigger was seen, unfortunately, growing up in the 90s. It was diet culture, even I feel like more heavy than it is right now. Um, And my mama is so sweet and I love her more than any other person in this world. Um, But she, she was the victim of every single diet that was out there. And so I just grew up with her drinking her shakes weighing in weekly in front of people, counting things, um, and never just truly learning how to feel good about herself. And so I think that was the biggest trigger. And and unfortunately, that is what I saw. And that is what I learned. So I too then became victim of the diet, restrict, and then binge. And that was a cycle that took years before I could finally break it. So talk to us about you breaking that cycle. Like what was the catalyst for that? Like, what does that look like for you? Another very mortifying story, if you will. But the day that I really hit my breaking point and I knew that the answer was not another diet because I had done every diet at least 17 times prior to this. But I was 10 weeks postpartum with my baby number two, my sweet little Emmy, And it was Price is Right was on in the morning. I was on maternity leave still getting ready to go back to work in a couple of weeks. And I remember physically sitting on the recliner. I think I was nursing her at the time. And I was watching the clock and it was like 9.56 a.m. And I remember thinking to myself, if I can just get to 10 a.m., 
I can go ahead and have a plate full of mozzarella sticks. And it just dawned on me in that moment, I was like, you're counting down till 10 a.m. So you can have a plate full of mozzarella sticks while you have a two-year-old who's at daycare, a 10-week-old home, and you go back to work full-time in two weeks. I'm like, this is this is not going to work out, girlfriend. Um, and so it was in that moment where I did have the mozzarella sticks. I'm not going to lie. I did that day. <laughs> Yeah. But um, I actually that day I decided that I needed something else. And thankfully, that was back when you would just scroll and scroll Instagram. And I, I found something that someone had shared and I signed up that day and it forever changed my life. Britt, when you feel a binge type of behavior like coming on, what do you do now? I love that question so much because stress and binging for me personally are tied hand in hand. And unfortunately the stress in our lives, it's not going to go away. So I have absolutely had to make some changes, especially during the more stressful times of life um, that I can focus on. So it maybe doesn't lead to that binging cycle. One of the things, the biggest thing by far that I have done is again, shifting the mindset that you have good food and bad food. Do I choose to focus on the food that makes me feel good and energized and helps me power through my workouts and helps me sleep at night? Yeah, I'm choosing those types of foods probably 80% of the time every single week. But do I still know that there is a time and place for the tacos and the pizza and whatever other treats that you may like? Yes. And I don't view those as bad because that, again, was my biggest thing is the restriction. Anytime someone told me I couldn't have something is when I would go to the binge. So changing the mindset was by far the biggest thing. Um, Talking to people, even if they did not understand it, I finally started talking to my husband about it um, and just telling him that I don't want to buy these things. When I was really in it, you guys, I physically could not buy things for my house such as the potato chips and that French onion dip. It is like my crack. Mm. I could not have that in my house because I didn't trust myself. I was healing my relationship with food and I just couldn't trust myself at that point. Now I'm to a point where I can have that stuff. I can eat it knowing that it likely is not going to lead to a binge. And if I am feeling maybe a little triggered that day or that point in my life, I would just say, distract yourself. I actually just did a post on Instagram of, how to get out of the binge cycle. And my number one thing is distract yourself, get out of the house, go on a walk, go do something for yourself, read a book, go get your nails done. Um, go play with your kids in the backyard. Just don't dangle the carrot right in front of you. If you will, if you are really in that moment of, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this binge cycle. And then of course the movement, I always wanted to be an exercise person and I was like, I'm just not her. I can't do that. It's not me. And now it's something that I look forward to. And if I start my morning off with a workout and I know this sounds crazy, I am so much more likely to stay on track with the foods that make me do feel good versus saying, you know what? Today doesn't count. I'm just going to eat like a garbage truck all day and hopefully get back on tomorrow because that's what I was doing my entire life and it never worked out. I love that, Bria. I also um, feel like I have to start my day with a workout to set the tone. Like I truly do. It gives me a boost of energy. I'm in a better mood and I want to, I want to do better. So 
I love that you shared shared that. And that's not that's not everyone, Brandy. I know she works out in the <laughs> afternoon. So <laughs> tell us what your day looks like. It's not always in the afternoon, okay? Yes, it is. Sometimes it's in the morning. It just depends on what my mood is. I do think that really the root of a lot of our uh, behaviors, like whether it be a bench behavior or some other kind of behavior, it really comes down to the root cause. And a lot of times, I mean, for all of us, I think in this little group right here, it's stress related, right? And so if you can address the root cause, the stress, it can help so much. And sometimes it's just like pent up nervous system and you've got to release that stress from your nervous system or else it's going to come out in another way. So going for a walk, um, you know, doing a dance party in my living room, getting in a good workout, that getting that nervous system regulated so that it doesn't turn into me being in this pantry, you know, after 1030 at night. I think that that is really, really important. You've got to address the root cause of the stress. And sometimes some of the stress isn't going to go away. Like, our lives are our lives. Your kids are crazy. You're, you've got work deadlines, but what can you do to mitigate your nervous system? That's going to be the key. Brandy, I love that so much because you recently, I feel like we're talking on Instagram of how, what can you do like the 1% better every day? And I love that so much. We're all in the thick of it. Like you said, all of your listeners are. So what can you do tomorrow? That's 1% different than today, whether that is one meal that's more whole foods based, or whether it is dance party in your kitchen for 10 minutes, when maybe you would rather sat on the couch yesterday. Um, I just think the 1% better mindset, again, it's all about the mindset thing. I was talking to a client yesterday, and she was saying that she had quote unquote messed up at lunch. And so that then spiraled into messing up at dinner and then the next day and the next day. And what we really talk through is, yes, you are going to have those, those, you know, treat meals. You are going to have those days that you do step aside from what your goals are. But that doesn't mean that the next meal also has to be, you know, a quote unquote treat meal or whatever. And you get off track. There are no tracks. You just make the next best decision. There's going to be days, Britt, that, you know, you go through Taco John's at 1030 at night. There's going to be those days. But what are you going to do the next day? How can you move yourself forward? I would love for you to talk very quickly about that, Britt. Like, what is your mindset to pull you out of that binge cycle? I love that you said that so much because it is such a journey, Brandy and Megan. It is such a journey. I am still not confident in saying I will never binge again because it happens, you know. Um, unfortunately, I was just on a really, really bad binge cycle for months prior to the start of this year. So I think the number one thing would have to be, I just remember how badly I felt in the moment when I was deep within the binging spiral. I in turn felt so badly about myself that it reflected on every single aspect of my life. I feel like I was a worse wife, a worse mom, a worse coworker, and it was all because of my own self-reflection of myself. So I put myself back into that and I never want to feel that way again. And I don't deserve to feel that way again about myself. Um, so I, just like you said, I pick back up the very next thing. If I may have Taco John's today, you bet your bottom dollar that I'm also going to drink my water intake today. Like it's those small shifts of doing the best I can in the moment and not letting, do not let the, I'll just start over. 
on Monday. No more mindset. I'll just start over on Monday because it's not an all or nothing. Binge eating is not all or nothing. The second you do all or nothing, unfortunately, your binging tendencies are going to come back. So I think what's important to remember is if you have been struggling with binge eating, it is not a death sentence. It is not something that you are tied to. It is something that you can work on each and every day through whole food nutrition, moving your body, and really getting into community can really help so, so much. You've heard from Brett that, you know, talking to people about her experiences and making sure that she's eating good, adequate food has really made a difference in her, you know, her day to day, which in turn is really going to make a big difference in her path and her progress moving forward. We want the same for you. So if you are one that has been struggling with this, make sure that you come find us on Instagram, share your story with us. We would love to talk to you more. And don't forget to subscribe so you know when the next episodes drop and tell your besties.